Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business, but your life. And I'm so excited to have this part two series of embracing your challenges with courage. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first part, I encourage you to listen to it before you listen to this one. But each podcast definitely has value within itself. Today, I had opportunity to talk with Bethany Murdoch, and she is a licensed Christian counselor with over 15 years of experience helping people move and navigate the challenges that life in business and personal and everything in between. And today, we talked about this whole issue of the wide versus narrow road and how do we get focused? How do we get staying on track when things don't seem quite right or we want to make a pivot and we just don't know how to do it or how do we even sense some form of direction the right way? Okay, so you have been listening for the first part. If you haven't listened to the first part, go ahead and listen to it right now because we broke <laughs> down exactly, Bethany and I, about what does that road look like? The road, the narrow versus the wide. And I'm not going to re- rehash everything, but it was just a good foundation for this whole idea that if we're going to have a course set for not just how we run our business, but how we deal with our kids and all these things of life, how can we make sense? And especially in this time and area, post-pandemic and all these things, decisions that are happening in our local communities and at the state or federal level, wherever you are at. And you might think, oh my goodness, what do I do next? How do I feel grounded where everything else feels shaky? What do I do now? And this is what we're gonna be talking about right now is how do we, if we feel like we're adrift or we feel like we're not settled, how do we get back on track? So Bethany, can you kind of just explain to those who are listening, like, what does that mean that this idea of drifting? Yeah, drifting. Well, first of all, uh, we were talking in, in um, the last episode, and I, I definitely just echo what Denise is saying. Um, this this will make a lot more sense in context, and we need part one to, to do part two, but we're glad you're with us, however you come, uh, even now. So, um, but we've been talking about the narrow road and just how placing our lives under the control of Jesus Christ, it, it, it definitely means obedience, commitment, and sacrifice. And I kind of unpacked that in uh, the last episode. Um, but when th- those things are involved in keeping us on track, but then we talked about how a G- like just like a GPS um, system uh, comes on our car or, or another device, there are times where we hear return to the route, where we've gotten off track in some way. Maybe for a season, we watched the narrow road, uh, the road less traveled um, with higher standards and um, more restrictions in a way that's good, that leads to a great end result. 
But over time, maybe through disappointment, maybe through um, just weariness, you know, weariness can uh, can really grab us sometimes and cause us to um, just sort of drift off and, and become tired and not be as vigilant when it comes to the way that we're living our lives. And it's because we're tired or we're disappointed. You know, I, I thought that this would work. Thoughts like that. I thought that uh, this would work. So I guess I don't really know anything. So I'm going to do it this way because it looks like a lot of other people are making it that way. And then you try, quote, that way for a while and you realize, okay, that's uh, not working either. For whatever reason, it might work for that person and not always for the right reasons. I mean, if you look in Ecclesiastes, the question is all throughout the Bible. Why do the wicked prosper? <laughs> why do they keep doing the wrong thing? It seems like they nothing ever goes wrong for them. There's something we won't understand. I don't have some big wowing answer uh, for that other than the fact that we won't understand this side of heaven. But I can tell you that God is watching, that he sees everything. And his desire, his heart is towards us. His heart is for us to make it on the narrow road. And he gives us everything we need. Like Second Peter says, that his divine power will give us everything we need for life, and for godliness. Life means everything that goes into life, your work, your family, relationships, where you live, um, your hopes, your dreams, everything. So we wanted uh, just to share with you a little bit about what are some warning signs that I could look for? What, a warning sign that maybe a reroute is coming in my life or a reset where I need to kind of go back in order to go forward. And I'm just, this in no way is all encompassing. I'm just going to give you two that really um, have, have impacted me and they've been very telling and they help me when I deal with people as well to kind of um, measure and assess where somebody is at or where I am. Hello. So the first one is, um, how do I know that a reroute might be coming? Maybe some distance has begun to form in my life. And distance on the road, if we're back to our, our road, the picture of a road, um, you know, it happens when you're following somebody, maybe to a destination. And um, it happens when we stop paying attention. You drift. I mean, when I, when I was first learning how to drive, uh, my mom was with me in the car and I was super afraid of uh, passing semi-trucks because <laughs> they're big and you're just like, I know I'm going to hit it. I know I'm going to hit it. And she would always say to me, no matter what you do, don't look at the truck. Keep looking straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. And you won't drift if you look straight ahead. So I would focus, focus, focus. It worked. And I got past the truck. And then as soon as I got past the truck, I would be like, now I can look around again. And there's nothing wrong with looking around, but it's when all you do now is look around and your attention is no longer um, where it needs to be. It's kind of a zone out moment, spiritually speaking. And when I'm talking about distance, I'm talking about distance in your relationship with God, where um, maybe you're still going through the motions, maybe, um, and only you know this, nobody can judge this. Um, this is something you look in the mirror and it's a, um, a story between you and God that God knows the truth of, and you know the truth of, and maybe nobody can tell um, but that only lasts for a season. I can just tell you the, the part where nobody can tell. Eventually who we are comes to the surface. And so distance in your relationship with God, it could be, you know, I, I used to really pray and ask God, God, do you think this is good? Or would you bless what I'm about ready to do? And then maybe over time, because things have gone well 
you stop praying as much because you're like, no, it's going to be good. It worked last time. I'm just going to go with it. Um, God knows my heart. I love it when people say that. Does he know your heart? Yes. But that's not an excuse to not actually bring your heart <laughs> to the table as an act of, of your will um, to bring it again in alignment uh, with the heart of God. And so when distance happens, um, we allow little sleeps to happen. If you've ever fallen asleep on the road or been in danger of it, it only takes one little head drip to get in a total wreck. Oh. Right, Denise? Like for mm. real. Mm. Mm. And, you know, usually it's not the big slumbers. The big slumbers happen, you know, uh, right really before a massive shipwreck. When you're in the slumber coma phase of drifting, a lot more is going on. Um, and these, hopefully these warning signs that we're talking about will keep you from a spiritual coma where you're no longer even conscious of, of what's going on in the things of God. And so it's important, not out of fear, because fear is not from God. He does not want us to be vigilant because we're afraid. But I do think separation anxiety in the context of Jesus is a good thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the helping profession. I work with um, mental health and, and uh, people and um, lots of different walks of life and situations. And separation anxiety can be a very uh, debilitating thing. It keeps people from actually uh, being able to do all that they want to do, anxiety in any form. But I think when it comes to, to God, it's, I've got a little chihuahua. I will tell you this because this totally um, matches, goes with the story. And she is glued to me at all time. So if I'm getting up, she's getting up. I'm sitting down, she's sitting down. If I'm walking, especially when she was a puppy, she would hit the back of my heels with her paws as she walked behind me. And one day I was thinking not to be like um, so spiritual or whatever, but I think God dropped it in my heart. He goes, actually, that's what I want you to look like. Where you're so close that you can tap my heels. You won't miss where I'm going because you're walking so closely to me. And separation anxiety just means, God, I, I don't care how long I've known you. I don't, I'm, I am afraid of being far from you. I don't, I want to be afraid of being distant from God because bad things happen when that begins to take shape in our lives. It, and it's just, as you're speaking, I, I was just thinking to myself, I know that I'm getting, get off, off track and I'm getting distracted when I'm more attuned to what's happening with the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. Then, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Or fill in the blank. It could be whoever you wanted to be. That's just what came to my mind, right? Or yeah. I'm more, I'm, I'm more preoccupied with whatever's buzzing on social media. Or, you know, and mm -hmm. I have to ask myself: Is this? You may hear everything that says it's red hot emergency, emergency, but is this what you're called to do right now? Mm. And I think that. In this world where we have instant access to so much late breaking information and news and stuff like that, we're in this hyper seed of vigilancy on things that are not important or relevant yeah. or necessarily for our stage of life right now. Right. That's so good, Denise. So a good pickup there because um, that's part of the road, you know, circling back to 
the last episode, all the roads that are being offered to us. There are places on those roads that are fighting for our attention. And the, the road that is, um, you know, the road towards Jesus, that requires total attention. It requires looking at him. And the minute we take our eyes off him, that's the minute we start sinking. And so uh, that's one way that we can, um, you know, kind of begin to tell a reroute is coming just for the sake of, of time. I want to just uh, skip to the next one. Um, and there's another warning sign that a reroute might be coming and it's wandering. So if we allow distance to form on the road from proper signs, all those kinds of things, uh, and have missed even a few signs, <laughs> before we know it, we're wandering and we're aimlessly looking around for the right road again. We've caused ourselves uh, to lose time. We're going to get, at best, we're going to arrive late to our destination if we arrive there at all. Because we've gotten, I don't know if you've ever been that lost, but I definitely have. I'm, I'm good with directions, um, but it's when the directions change. And if I'm the result of the change, if I'm the, the cause of the change, um, then, you know, it's even worse. You're like, I did this <laughs> mm. to myself. And now I find myself not knowing what way is up. And so if you are wandering, spiritually speaking, it's a dangerous place to be, you know, and um, because the Bible warns us continually to pay attention to that restlessness um, that causes a, a spiritual, you know, distance to form and leads us away um, from, from God. Actually wandering, if we can put it kind of in a practical sense, um, just to kind of narrow it down, because it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I'm going to define it as restlessness. Hmm. And where does restlessness usually come from within us? Usually comes from a lack of contentment. It, and sometimes a lack of contentment, if you're a business person, you're listening and you're like, um, but that's good. You don't ever want to settle for the status quo. You're hundred percent right. You know, in that sense, be restless, <laughs> um, with settling for anything than what's best, but the kind of restlessness I'm talking about that requires a reroute that's going to cause you to wander is when you start looking at the grass is always greener. I've worked with a lot of women who've struggled in their marriages. And um, it, it's, we all go through season. I've been married almost 25 years. I don't know how long, um, Denise, you've been married. Um, but, you know, there is definitely, um, we go through seasons. We go through seasons oh, yeah. where things are rough. But uh, restlessness in a lot of these women that contribute to their own time off, off the route um, is when you are so discontented and you begin to feed that, like I'm sure everybody else has a better um, marriage than I do. And then it moves from that thought to, I wonder who I would have a be better marriage with. And then you start thinking about, I bet it would be um, amazing to be with that man. Or, and we start drifting to the point that now we have a wandering eye it's not just a drift off course, but now we're looking for destinations that were never on the map to begin with. And as you say that, I, I'm thinking it all goes back to the foundation, right? And your baseline as to what you were expecting or what you were anticipating. I've been married for 10 years. And I remember people told me about the seven year itch. The seven year itch never happened to me <laughs> because yeah. I, I was never looking outside for fulfillment and I never oh. looked to my husband as the source of my happiness and my strength 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Finish. Yeah. And I and I think and I think that for a lot of this 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 restlessness, this irritation, it came from a faulty assumptions as to what that people were placed or thing now was was going to provide us. Yeah. And if you're thinking that this business or this relationship or this fill in the bank was going to be end all be all, then maybe it's time for some demolition to take place. And we talked that, about that more in the previous episode. Yeah. But this exactly. whole idea of there's, uh, it's off for good reasons because there was something that was not working well. And sometimes we can do a little repair job and sometimes we have to do a demolition. Right. It all depends on the extent of where you're trying to go. Exactly. One of my favorite life scriptures that, that I share with, with people a lot, it, it says, um, godliness with con uh, contentment is great gain. For you brought nothing into this world and you'll take nothing out. Gosh, that's an amazing thought. Godliness. So it's great if say, say you're somebody and you're, you're godly in everybody else's eyes. And what does that mean? That means, you know, you're, you, you love Jesus. You try to put the, the word of God first. You um, are, are good to your family, you're faithful, um, you're honest, all of those kinds of things. But you are the most discontented person ever. And it comes out. You're not happy with any aspect of your life. If this is you, by the way, don't feel um, condemned right now. I think if we're all being honest, we've been on the on the restless wagon <laughs> at times. And it's something we have to fight as women, as um, especially women, because we are just always in the comparing uh, world, which is a whole nother subject um, to begin with. But when you realize that contentment, discontentment is driving your restlessness, you got to stop and deal with it then and come back to it and be like, Jesus, I need a, a moment where I am, um, you know, where I just think about what you've done, what you've already done. Thank you, God, today that I might not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I would be if it weren't for you, Jesus, stepping in. Thank you, God, that today you've given me daily bread. I have food. I have shelter. Um, you know, I might not know where it's coming tomorrow, but today I've got it. You know what that is? That's praise. And praise is uh, the pathway. Honestly, we're talking about roads. <laughs> and it's the pathway into the presence of God. But it's also rooted in thankfulness and gratefulness. When you begin to praise God, you're thanking him for who he is, not just for what he, he's done. You're thanking him that he is a faithful God, that he does keep his promises, that he's a covenant-keeping God, you know, that he's the provider, the healer, the deliverer, all those things. All of a sudden, that restless invitation, it, it gets a little quieter. And you come back yeah. to what really matters. That's what a compass is. That's what a GPS is. It brings you back to where you're supposed to be focused on. It says, you typed this in, that this is where you want to go. So as long as this is in my um, Google Maps, you know, uh, then I'm going to hear about it from Siri. <laughs> I'm going to keep hearing about that. I'm not there yet until I hear you have arrived. And the thing goes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that that that's for those who are listening and thinking, what can I do or I find myself mm. adrift? That's one thing that you can do. Uh, Bethany, can you tell those who are listening about the soap method as well? I I remember yeah. you telling Judy about, it and I was like, what? 
Can you yes. tell those who listen about what's broken? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, really, uh, the way um, to to get into the habit of spending time uh, with your compass, which is Jesus, and knowing that his word is that compass. Um, we just call it, it's like an acrostic. And if you write soap vertically on a page, we call it soap because that's what the Bible says the word of God is, that he washes us with the water of the word. We all need it because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's nobody who's arrived, nobody who's got it all together, nobody that lives on earth. The only people that are there are people that have died and gone on to heaven before us. So all the rest of us need some soap, you know? And so S stands for scripture. So you, you might just read, uh, read a scripture, you know, and, and just, just one doesn't have to be like a whole chapter. And so I'll just give you one Psalm 119 uh, verses one and two, it just says you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. So that's the scripture we just read. So then the O stands for observation. So in that scripture, what am I seeing? I'm seeing the word blessing. I'm observed that there's a blessing somewhere in this. And I'm also um, hearing about revelation, that there's something, there's a road that can be revealed. Application is the A. And we go to it, be like, so God, I think what you're saying to me is you want to give me more blessing. You want to bless me more. And so if I stay on course, if I stay on the road that leads to life, I'm going to experience more blessing. And as I'm steady on that road, not stopping and starting, um, you know, there will be, there'll be great reward. There's great blessing. There's freedom that comes from that. So that's the application. And then at the end you pray and just say, God, I thank you that you've shown me today that there's more blessing that I can sign up for, um, that I can position myself for in my life. And I pray that you'd help me stay on course, God, in the areas where I might be tempted. You can tell God where those areas are. And, um, and just pray, God, keep me on the road that you've revealed to me by God. And that's so, how easy is that? You might need to like back up the podcast and listen to, to that again, what that looks like, but you can do that with any scripture. And that's how the word goes from being um, just something you're reading on a page to a, an absolute glowy light in your life. And as you're listening to this, don't think it has to be perfect or things that you heard like 10 years ago from a mega pastor, right, on TV that you scantly remember or any of that stuff. It doesn't, it, it can be as long or as short as it needs to be. But this whole idea is having a conversation. Right. And not allowing yourself to feel rushed or hurried or judged. Because I'm not judging you. And I don't think that Bethany is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's important to just if you want to know um, just uh, how do what do I do if I if, if I've know now I've. I'm kind of I'm identifying right now with those two warning signs that I need a reroute. I need a reset. So how do I do that? We just talked about reading the word, which is the number one thing that's going to help change the way that, that you think, but I'm going to need to, with the word of God, change the way I see. So how do I, what do I do about a reroute? Um, how do I make it home? How do I make it to my destination? I'm going to have to change 
how I see. And all throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament, Jesus was constantly healing people of physical blindness. And I think that's significant because the Bible says first comes the natural, then the spiritual. In other words, so he was showing naturally what it looks like to be blind and that it affects every area of your life when you don't see correctly. And that happens when we're distant from God and when we uh, have allowed distance to form and we're wandering and um, discontented in our lives and restless, our seeing, our sight changes. And if we don't see things correctly, it's going to affect the whole, our whole life in the direction that we go. So um, Matthew 6, I'm just going to give you another scripture. You can look it up really in your own time. Matthew 6, 22, 23 says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light and circle that benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, if you're spiritually blind, your whole body is full of darkness. It's devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside of you, your inner self, your heart and your conscience is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying here, you know, your, your eye, the way that you see physically is the lamp of the body. It kind of is the decider what's going to go into your soul, what's going to go into your spirit. And so if we've been looking at the wrong things, like Denise was just talking about, kind of just taking the invitations to focus on all these distractions that come our way, it's going to affect our, our eyes and the way that we see. And Revelation gives us the remedy to that. In the book of Revelation uh, 3.18, what do I do if my sight is bad? Jesus says, I counsel you, buy from me, purchase from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you can become truly rich. He's giving you the honest truth. You want to know how to succeed? You want to know how to get there? This is how you're going to become truly rich and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness or imperfections, that exposure will not be seen. And then it says in healing salve or ointment to put on your eyes so that you can really see. And so every time we open the word and every time we pray, Jesus does that for all of us every day. He puts this beautiful ointment you can get nowhere else that will help you even if you have experienced trauma and I just kind of feel to mention that right now maybe you're going through trauma now uh, a very um, uh, awful situation you feel damaged by it maybe you've been through something and it really is affecting you and it's bothering you that you can't see you're like you know in your heart I know this trauma is affecting every area of my life I don't see maybe it's the trauma because of a relationship a man maybe it's an abuse situation maybe it's a church abuse situation maybe you know you're just you traumatized by something going on in your life and that thing needs healing. And Jesus offers you that. He says, no matter what, no matter what you've been through, God can put that ointment on your eyes that brings healing, that brings a new way of seeing. And so if we want to end up on the right road and heading in the right direction, we're going to need to be able to see through the right glasses. And God can give you that today, no matter what you've gone through.
Oh, so beautiful. You know, and as you're listening to this, I just want you to understand that this is not a transformation to look like Stephanie <laughs> yeah. or look like me. This is you're not like you. You're going to yeah. look like you. Yeah. And I, this is not about shaming or blaming or pointing fingers. This is about an inside out job that comes with the great physician. Right. And I'm not talking about WebMD here. <laughs> right. Right. Good. Exactly. I think um, uh, also just as, as a, an aside in this moment, if you have trauma that you maybe have just realized or that you're in right now, you don't know what to do. Uh, we really do want to encourage you to reach out to somebody, reach out to a professional, reach out to somebody. We're going to give you my details at the end of this podcast. You can always reach out to me and, I'm ready to talk to anybody who wants to talk. Um, but, you know, don't go through that alone. God brings people alongside us to help us see clearly again. And he uses people. He'll do the work. He's the physician. He's the healer. No person is the healer. He's the healer. But he uses people to help us get there sometimes. So just know that you're not alone and uh, there is help available to you. Yeah. And, and there is no condemnation. That's right. None whatsoever. And this is about, if you're feeling like, oh my goodness, Stephanie is ringing bells here (laughs) or, you know, or what, you know, what I'm saying is to be true. I I don't want this to be, I'm listening to the podcast and then I go about my business Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like what Bethany talked about. It's like, we can only spin but so many times where we have to come to a stop and it's not designed to make you feel bad or to shame you or to make you feel uncomfortable it's to help bring you back home that's it that's it Denise yeah and and honestly God wants to do that that's that's his heart towards you to bring you into a, a place of right relationship with him and when Denise says condemnation if you're like what does that mean it means shame but there's no, we're not shaming you. When you come to Jesus, he doesn't put shame on you. He sees you at your highest and your best, not your worst. That's why he came to save us because he didn't look at all the things we weren't. He saw what we could be. If we would follow in his footsteps, there is a, a, a life worth living beyond where you are today, no matter what that is. Um, and, and Jesus will, will help you get there. Bethany, for those who are listening, how can they get in contact with you and just continue this conversation? Yeah, just visit me on my website. There is a form you can fill out there. Um, my website is Bethany Lentz, L-E-N-T-Z, Murdoch.com. And uh, just one more thought too. I just wanted to say, um, just uh, Denise, off of what you're saying, there is a response. Sometimes, you know, when God gives us revelation, there throughout the Bible, I can't find a time where God revealed himself to somebody in some way where there wasn't a response given to them, a way to act on what they just heard. Even when, you know, the Old Testament, Moses, um, and, and, you know, God said he, he saw the burning bush. So that was a revelation, something, it was like wild and it came to life inside of him. He had had an encounter with God and so his, his revelation then came the challenge to respond. And God said, so take off your sandals. 
you're on holy ground. There was something for Moses to do in that moment. Um, Mary, when the angel came, Gabriel, and said, you're about ready to have the, the son of God. Blessed are you among women, all that stuff. She responded with a song. You can look that up in the Bible. She worshiped God. There was something to do after she had um, uh, something revealed to her. And so I just want to put that out there. If there's business that you need to do with God, um, the door is open. He just wants you to come. He's just glad you come. You don't have to be fancy about it. You can just say, God, I, I need to start again. And I give you control. And I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life that I really have no other door to walk through that is going to lead me um, into the life that I desire here and the life uh, on the other side of death, earthly death. If it's not you, Jesus is the door. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, I, I just think that if there's something that's tugging on your heart right now that you're listening, don't ignore it. It's there for a reason. This time that we're having with each other is not by accident. It's not by chance. And perhaps this is a divine appointment to just do something that will help you become more aligned with them. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Stephanie, thank you so much. And I'm just looking forward to have another conversation again in the future. And I know that everyone who's listening is also excited to hear from you again. And oh. um, it's just been such a blessing. It's been an to honor hear. to be with you. Yeah, thank you. And I know that I've been blessed. I know that everyone who's listening will be blessed as well. So just um, thank you again. And I'm just excited to talk with you again in the future. Amazing. Me too. All right. Take care. <laughs>